Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, warriors of all ages. Welcome to another edition of Warrior Connection. Hey, it's a hot summer day. There's a lot of some rain and storms around, but the heat is the way it's out there. Hey, what we're going to talk about today is writing for health and wellness. There's been some incredible programs put together where we're getting veterans together and they're writing their story, getting information out, talking about what happened to them, helping to get out of their soul, helping them heal. And we got some of the individuals that are putting an incredible program together. Ray, are you there? You want to introduce our guest, please? Okay, thank you, Doug. Um, we're having Aretha Alston and Diana Graham today, and they're from the North Carolina, North Carolina VA. And I, it's a program about writing to wellness, but this is another part of that program, and they can clarify that if they need to. But um, anyway, welcome to our Warrior Connection, uh, Aretha and Diana. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Ray. Um, is this uh, is this part of the program, right into wellness, or is it something else? Well, actually, Ray, this is Diana with Dress for Success Triangle, and we are so honored to be able to partner with the Durham VA Medical Center for this event to bring in Tracy Crow and other authors as well to show how therapeutic it is to use your writing to talk through your experience. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, Doug, you can chime in any time, but um, I just wanted to ask uh, Diana or you or Irita, what is the object of your uh, program for veterans? Um, what the object is, the, the, the theme for the program is writing to heal a veteran's perspective. Um, and what we want to show or what we're trying to do or reach is it being um, therapeutic um, to write to heal the wounds that you had of war or whatever your military life experiences have been like? Well, what I usually go by, and uh, I know both of you are uh, com or veterans, aren't you not? Yes. Okay. Well, Doug is uh, Air Force. Uh, I'm a Marine veteran. Uh, we were served in Vietnam, and Doug served in the Gulf War. Um, when did you serve, or what did you serve in? I am in the Army, and I served during the Gulf War. And this is Diana. I served from um, for eight years in the Army National Guard and was deployed for Operation Iraqi Freedom from 2005 to 2006. Boy, you guys got some experience, son. Yeah. <laughs> you can Thank understand you where it's coming from. I think, you know, one of the things that we so learned in, back during Desert Storm, and I was on the command staff, uh, expert in nuclear biological chemical warfare, and, you know, we had to teach it all over the place because we absolutely knew Iraq had chemical weapons because the U.S. Army gave them to them. And then we found out, as Aretha, you probably figured out, nobody was prepared ahead of time. And so we had to do all the on-site training once we got there and then get the equipment to people. So all that really put a hamper on the whole thing and how all the operations were going to be done. It held off the ground war until February 24th of 1990. But uh, the key thing, I think, and, you know, when you're writing, people got this all bottled up inside, don't they? I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, what I talk about is that little room in the back of my head that I shove all of my bad memories. And I think every one of us, all of us, uh, most veterans, I would dare say, all veterans, have had their own type of combat. Now, I know there's different levels and different everything, but one person's combat is just as valid as someone else's combat. And uh, we tend to put that stuff in the back of our minds, and we, we're the only ones that go in that room 
and we'll sit down and we'll rehash all this stuff over again, and then we come out and we're mad as a hornet, and my wife doesn't understand it, or your husband doesn't understand it, and and you don't want to tell them about it, and it sounds almost embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the writing is what helps open that door and to get people to expose what is in their dark parts of their life. And uh, and I know from experience, and I think all three or four of us would say that, um, you know, it helps a great deal to bring it out into the light because you can get help then. Yep, you really can, Ray. Um, I just want to share a little bit about how writing helped me. Um, I went through a lot of traumatic events um, in the military and out of the military, and what I use my writing for is I write it. It gives them an opportunity to look at it, to process it, um, and to start that healing process. Um, so That's I believe right. today for me, writing is what saved my life. I probably have 20 journals um, of, you know, things that happened. I found it to be very good or very um, therapeutic um, to write about my trauma, to read my trauma to myself out loud. It gives me an opportunity to hear my trauma. Then it gives me the opportunity to work on processing my trauma um, and processing whatever life brings to us as as veterans. Yeah. I remember when I wrote my book called The Never-Ending War. It's a combat memoir, and I really tried to write about the uh, the effects of post-traumatic stress in my own life and, um, you know, what combat did to me particularly. And when I did that, when I re- began to read my own book, just like you just said, I began to do almost a self-analysis of my own self, and there were certain patterns that I saw in my own life that made sense. And, um, you know, when you write like that, you're – and I always encourage people. Now, I'm not big on uh, – I, I don't encourage them to do graphic language and make it nasty kind of sounding and because you're not – writing something for somebody else's good you're trying to embellish a story many times but when you write um reach down deep inside and bring those anger bring out the pain bring out the uh all the things that depressed you and write about it um and it could be a very healthy thing to do not only for you but for the people who read it would you agree with that you know one of the things that's so important i think as we think about what's happened to us and why it's happened, you know, deep down in the heart, deep down in the soul where everything resides is you're trying to come to the realization of what really justifies all this and with the incredible number of casualties we have. And I'm not talking about just those wounded in action or killed in action. The fact that 95% are friendly fire, you have to come to some realization or justification for what happened to me and how did it happen to me? And now what do I do? And I, and I think from everything we've learned, and Ray, you wrote the, wrote the, your book on it, getting that information out is just the beginning of the first step in really healing, I think, isn't it? Well, it is It is for me. Now, Aretha and uh, Diana may have perspectives on that, uh, but... Um, how do you feel about that? Do you do you think it's the first step into a process? And I know sometimes they're in therapy before they ever do this, but I don't believe there's too many breakthroughs until they begin to open up. Would you agree, or you have something to say about that? I would totally agree, um, and I think that is going to be the major point. You're, you're going to have to speak up a lot push. louder, Aretha, please. 
Talk louder, um, I believe please. that that's the major thing that we are trying to push in this, and it is writing to heal so that we can possibly get our veterans or or get that population of veterans to start writing. Um, it takes some time, sometimes, to get to that care. So it is good to be in therapy, but if you're not, it's still an amazing thing to start writing and to start that healing process prior to getting into that treatment that you need. And I, this is Diana. I would like to also add to that. There is a quote that I remember years ago that still holds valuable today, that ink is the cure that heals all ills. And I find that to be very true, and I find this to be a great opportunity to bring in someone who's as seasoned as Tracy Crow, who writes specifically for military personnel for the experiences that they have been through so that they're able to charter these things in the written matter so once they do reach the opportunity to receive some form of therapy, they are well on their way to recovery. That's awesome. And that's good for the family, too, right? Because Absolutely. they're all victimized. Yeah, I think you know, you know, by the veteran themselves, they become victimized, and so really, it, it it's a ongoing story um, from the family and from the wife and children, and I think it would give them a lot of exposure. When I wrote my book, my wife co-wrote it with me because she talked about the wife of a patient, um, but uh, it was healing for her to read about the things that I experienced because it's able to help her understand where I've been. And now she can uh, help me a little bit. Outstanding. You know, at the so same we all, time, um, we got to remember how the spouse felt and the children felt, you know, because I know in my case, I was, you know, multiple deployments as the kids were growing up and everything, and then deployments even after they were growing up with their own families and grandkids. And everybody's affected, and everybody sees a different perspective, and they see something different. For example... And my youngest son, when we got deployed for Desert Storm, I mean, yeah, he was in uh, junior high. Well, he picked up the family responsibilities for barbecue. Well, he's maintained that. And then even with his own family, now he does that himself, and he totally enjoys it. So this is, again, maybe if we not only get the veteran to start writing, but get the children of the veterans to write or the spouses to write, how does this affect them? How does it come into play how does it affect you today i mean as we're speaking both ray and i have crashed and burned from our effects and trying to get medical care today i mean i was going around in a circle with the choice program just five minutes ago and it's so flustering because you know you're sick you know you need medical care and when you can't get it, if you can't get some type of a release where you can speak about it, talk about it, write about it, get it out to somebody, it seems to me it's going to bottle up until it explodes. And, and that's what happened to our other co-host, Paul Lyons, where you know he, he reached the end of it. No matter what he did, he reached the end. He saw no hope, no dreams or anything, and he chose suicide. The- so what we're doing, too, and this is, you know, this is an amazing thing. Writing is just an amazing thing. You know, what you said is so true. It's not just the veteran um, that is affected by that. You know, and I think the that the VA is starting to take a look at that because we're launching a new program called My Life, My Story. Well, we're doing just that. We're allowing the veteran to come in and share their story in writing, um, and we're printing that for them so that they can give it to the families because a lot of us, if they were like me, never shared that experience with their family members. And once I started writing, 
and I started being able to let them re- let them read or let them help me, um, my process of healing became a lot better. But it all started in me writing it down. So we are opening up a new program for our <coughs> veterans today called My Life, My Story and giving them an opportunity um, to step in and and tell us about their story and let us, you know, let us get a little bit on paper first and we're giving it back to them and giving them an opportunity to take another look at it. It was like Doug uh, just alluded to that uh, there's a lot of frustration in veterans and not only the war factor, but, you know, today with the amount of veterans trying to receive help, there's a lot of holdback and things that we hit. The VA's done a marvelous job, but but they still... They're, they're overloaded sometimes, and a lot of these veterans have uh, feelings and emotions and, and um, a lot of things that's going on in their mind and their life when they can't get the help that they're looking for, and they may not even know what that, how, the, how to explain it. But when you, a lot of what happens, and we talk, Doug and I talked about this last week, about there's so much the veteran can do for himself, like in, for instance, he can write or he can do uh, a better habits, uh, get rid of some bad things in his life and begin eating better and different things. So there's a lot of self-help uh, if we would reach out to it, and I think this this writing program brings out a great deal because it exposes the little guy inside of you you've been hiding so long. And, um, you know, I talk about the the little guy inside of you. I looked in a, a mirror one time real close, and I looked at my pupils, and I saw a little tiny me, and it was kind of funny. And I waved at him. He waved back. I pointed at him. I said, you're the man. He pointed back at me. It was like that kind of thing. But uh, there was a uh, lady one time that wrote a poem, I mean, wrote a song, and it was called Deep Inside This Armor, The Warrior is a Child. And it exposes, I guess that's why men on the battlefield cry for their mama sometimes, because there are, there's something inside of us mm-hmm. that we blow up the hardest places. And there is this gives an avenue to get that that feelings out of you, and I knew I feel better when I read my own book, and you re- you felt better when you read uh, some of your stories and all, Arisa. So it's a pretty amazing yeah. thing. But, but there's so much the veterans could do if they will reach out and and go into a program like you guys have have helped to create. And you called it my life, my story. Is that the uh, program you're going to have upcoming? No, no, actually, my life, my story is a. Um program or project that is actually ran within the VA Medical Center here in Durham. Our event that we're partnering together for a community outreach is called Writing to Heal, a Veteran's Perspective. And this is when we will have the opportunity to bring in Tracy Crow, who is a um, Marine Corps veteran and her co-author, who is a Navy retired officer. And they have been writing for years. Both of them come very much esteemed. Um, As for Jerry Bell, she is the managing editor at O Dark 30. It's a literary journal for the Veterans Writing Project. And then Tracy has traveled domestically and internationally. And her award-winning books range from Eyes Right, In Unlawful Order, and On Point, A Guide to Writing the Military Story. But specific, specifically, excuse me, on Saturday, July the 15th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., she will be speaking about It's My Country Too, Women's military stories from the American Revolution to Afghanistan. Amazing. Tell me the the name of that program again you're talking about. Um, Sure. It's called Writing to Heal, A Veteran's Perspective. I got you. And she will be there along with other authors as well. Okay. I think that's wonderful. Um, 
gives the, uh, a lot of veterans an avenue that they can actually participate in their own healing. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. Get that conversation started. And if you're uh, if you're just having a delay or a wait time, it's your problem because you're the one waiting. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I think it's a wonderful thing that you're planning on doing. We want to rehearse that over again a couple times throughout this conversation because we want to make sure others know about it. Now, this is only the North Carolina VA, right? The Durham location, that's correct. Okay. Are you trying to promote this in other VAs across the nation or – um, hey, well, you know, you just put a bug in our ear. We'll, we may see what we can make happen with that. Yeah, this will be a test program maybe to see, to kind of get the bugs out of it. And um, so many people could expand on it. But we have veterans all over this world that are hurting, and um, they're not telling anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and one of the I things amazing the- about my book is I've had so many people tell me that, you know, they've read it multiple times. They carried it around like a Bible. They've done this and that. Because what I did, I exposed that little man inside of me that, you know, I'm always trying to be a tough Marine and everything else. But inside of me, there's a different person now. Scared, you know, I, I, I do things. And um, it, it's amazing. And this mm-hmm. gives a little humiliating, too, sometimes. But you have to get past that. Because um, we don't want anybody to know how weak we are, but you know we are. We we're we're suffering. We sleep with a gun at night and different things like that, and that kind of exposes a little bit about us. So um, I think this is wonderful. Um, do you are you planning on doing this program more than one time, or is it going to be a yearly or or you know biweekly? I mean by. We would definitely how, see how the interest is once we have it. This can kind of serve as our pilot event. Um, like we said, we're really looking forward. We thank you guys for the opportunity to be on air with you today so more people can learn about what's available to them. As you said earlier, Ray, sometimes people just don't know. And if they're sitting around waiting just to get that appointment, it may take longer than they expected because there is a large caseload. So we want to be here as the community support, as the family members, as the active individuals that says, hey, here's another way that you can receive healing in a quicker perspective. You know, one Are of you considered a, vet, a veteran like um, advocate Ray, or, or a therapist, or what is your what is your title? Diana. Oh, I am. Either the, one. <laughs> no worries. I am the part-time veterans coordinator with Dress for Success Triangle, and I can definitely tell you a little about us if you're interested in knowing that. Absolutely. Well, what I was wondering, because um, I know um, I can't think of her name, man. We had her on our program a while back, and it, it just left me. I apologize about that to her. Um, I can't think of her name. Was it Sharice? Sharice. Yeah. Sharice. Sharice I apologize about that. Sharice is a friend of mine. I don't know how I forgot her name. But she talked about a veteran's advocate, um, someone, a veteran, actually, that is like yourselves, that has gone into the um, – more, they've gone into the field of helping other veterans because you've been in the darkness, and now you come out of it, you're trying to go back and get them. That's what I was trying to bring forth in that, what I was saying. Okay, and Ray, I think anybody could do that, right? Ray, that is my title. Um, my name is Aretha again. I am the peer support specialist here, and, and our role is to share through our lived experiences, um, which makes um, makes it a phenomenal thing. Um, Sharice and I both um, share that same title, and we both write, um, and that's what helps 
both of us with our healing process um, to be able to um, sit down and talk with veterans and share with veterans. We recommend that in all of our groups, all of our sessions, um, that you journal, that you write about your own, you know, about your own tragedies, your own traumas, um, so that that healing process can start. Right. Well, I think uh, Doug you have and to I speak could speak a lot closer to the phone and a lot louder, please. Yeah. Um, no. Can you repeat that? You need to speak a lot louder uh, and a lot closer to the phone. We're just barely picking you up, please. Oh, okay. Um, what I was saying is, Sharice Marsh and myself, um, we are peer support specialists um, in North, Carol- North Carolina. We are worldwide. Um, just about every VA has several of us, probably. Um, but what we do is we share um, through our lived experiences, traumas we've had. Um, I do know, and I, I'm sure I can speak for Sharice, me and her both did a lot of ours through writing. A lot of our healing, um, a lot of why we are where we are today came from the writing and being able to process it and then being able to accept it and then being able to start the healing process. That is fantastic. Well, I think it's and wonderful. That's talk- what I was saying about Doug and I. I think we would feel the same. Uh, matter of fact, Sharice told me, she said, you guys are doing the same thing because we're trying to, we're, we're trying to be, uh, you know, peer specialists in our own fields. Doug is uh, highly qualified. He's a doctor. He's he every he got a long bio. I don't have such a long bio, but I do know what I know, and through learning about my own self, I'm able to reach out to other veterans and send them to people like Doug or you or Diana, whoever it might be, Sharice. Um, but and that's what I do. Uh, so Thursday I'll be at Camp Lejeune. <clears throat> I want to ask you something else too about this. Um, Thursday uh, uh, at Camp Lejeune, I'll be teaching a class on moral injury, and it's different from post-traumatic stress, but uh, both of them have to do with someone who's been in combat of their own type. It could have been anyone who's been dealing with a a post-trauma situation, that you become morally injured. Your conscience has been violated um, through different, different acts. There's a whole program that we do on this. Do you think that would be helpful? Um, to, uh, when you read someone else's poetry or stories or something, to look at it through the eyes of uh, someone who's looking for moral injury, because it has to do with a wounded person internally. And I think, that, matter of fact, um, they're saying today that the numbers show that there's more suicide connected to moral injury than it is to post-trauma. And both of those things are connected. So um, do you ever see anyone that you would say that, they may not have a particular trauma in their life as far as a, a life-threatening situation, but when you become to talk to these people and you begin to put them to classes and all, there's a lot of moral injury that's going on in those people. Would you think that or say that? Hey, Ray, this is Diana. I would say hey. no matter who you are, what walk of life you've gone through, there is some form of injury. And as a, also as an author like you are, I would say that reading is what I highly recommend for many people because when you read, it opens your mind. It creates emotions. It allows you to connect the things that you have tried to subconsciously bury and never want to bring to light again. So by the reading, something may spark, 
then it may bring something new. Now you're able to write about that feeling. Like you said, did you place in the very back of your head that spot that you never want to open that door for again? It's now open. And like Doug says, it brings back that communication piece. Now we can talk about it. I think the well, how's your program going to work on the 15th? Could you just give us any kind of a a lineup about, say, if a veteran's going to participate in this? I know it's a little bit of gun shy in all of us, uh, and they don't want to walk in and be thrown up on a stage or something. But could you give us any kind of an outline of? of oh, what? absolutely. So we'll come together again on Saturday, July the 15th, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. here at the Durham VAMC. We will have a light continental breakfast. There will be some greetings that will be brought to you from the different organizations. Tracy Crow, who is our headliner, will do a talk with the group. And then we'll be able to break down to a networking, to talking to different authors, to finding out about the writing process, to finding out how did it work for them, how can it work for you. So then it becomes a personal conversation. You're able to connect with different individuals within the community, community organizations, and find out what support will work for you. Awesome. Man, that's fascinating. When, when a vet wants to get started, I mean, Ray and I have an idea, but how do you start to write? Can you guys kind of describe the process? You're going to try and teach the vet to where they can begin to process and begin to write? What's all this entail or what's involved? Because I think, you know, with somebody with individual has got a good education, they've written before and no biggie, but you come with some individual that has never written before. Absolutely. I'm not sure the direction that Doug is, I mean, excuse me, sorry, Doug. I'm not sure the direction that Tracy's actually going to take, but what I would recommend from my other head of being a college professor, how I tell people to write is just to get everything out of your head. Start with something that is the nucleus. So if you say that you want to talk about deployment, let deployment be the center and then just bullet point everything you can think of or list everything that pertains to deployment. Don't worry about structure. Don't worry about sentence and grammar. Get it out of your head first. The structure, the order comes later as a second part. So if we can just get you to list what that big thing is, what it contains, then we have a working document to move forward. That's good. I know when I started writing, uh, I looked around and I realized I didn't have any, I was very incompetent. So I began to look for a writing group locally. And when I went to this writing group, it was four, five, six people. They were, they, most of them were writers. Uh, they had published books. But what we would do, I would take either a portion of a chapter or a chapter to a meeting, uh, short sometimes, but um, I would pass out a copy to each person, and they would do the same for me. Each person would pass out a little bit of their what they were working on the project, and we'd go back home and we would grade it. And sometimes they come back and say, "Well, you said this three times in the same uh, mm-hmm. in the same chapter. You've done this. You, you're uh, the better words you could use for this to be born to script." And so what it did, it fine tuned what I was writing, my story. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was trying to make it even. You know, you, need, you had to write it two or three, four times to ever get it to where it's easily understandable because if people don't understand what you're trying to say it's, it's really lost it's no good in that mm-hmm. and when what you have to do is uh, join writing groups sometimes that will kind of hurt your feelings sometimes <laughs> but at least they're putting together a book I don't think too many people have ever written a book that didn't have to have somebody checking it for them or you know red marking it or what they want to call this and so um, they tell you to have a thick skin when you do it 
but people really want to know what's going on inside of you. But they, they want to, you just don't sit down and write a book. You have to work on, it's a project that you have to work on. So I think the first step is getting it out, and then you can expand on it. And you'd be surprised how many words you put together, and, uh, and, and people will help you with that. And uh, matter of fact, the ones, the programs that I was in, they, nobody charged anything because everybody was looking for help to do the best job they could do. Mm-hmm. I think even as veterans, we, you know, we do jobs, but we will never not be in the Army or the Air Force or the Marine Corps or whatever we're doing because, you know, I always talk about this when I speak, but we will always be part of that military. We took the oath. We made the code. We, we did those things. Um, the simplify means uh, always faithful, and each one of them has this. So I always try to encourage the veterans. You live at a higher level. You you uh, you know you've committed yourself, and whatever you do it, whatever you do, you do it the best of your ability because you're representing not only yourself but other people. Absolutely. So you know, I think part, it works out. So have you written a have you, worked, have you written anything or published anything, uh, Arita or Diana? I can barely hear that question. Would you repeat it again for me? Have you have you published anything in your writings or anything yourself, or are you? Still oh, I have. Um, I actually write in the self help, self development world. So my first book, Duly Noted, which is a self help, self improvement about assessing where you are and moving forward because it's your life and you should do something with it was released in 2013 at Barnes & Nobles and Amazon and the other mass markets. And I did include pieces in there about my military experience because I believe the military, no matter what branch of service, offers foundational things that will help that individual throughout the remainder of their life on earth. And if you would just hold on to those pieces and allow them to branch out, you will see that you are really a valuable asset to your families, to your communities, to the jobs that you work, but you just have to hone into what those key values are. Give me the name of that book again, the title. Duly Noted. Say it one more time. Duly Noted, D-U-L-Y-N-O-T-E-D. means you'll never forget it. It's marked on your memory now. You know, one of the things that we run into, and whether it's writing with a formal program within the VA and, you know, they got the hospital writing program, is the political correctness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the veteran thinks, well, i got to be politically correct, or they submit it, and who they're working with is going to make it politi- politically correct. Mm-hmm. And I think that creates and does more damage than anything because it's kind of like, okay, we want you to talk about what you write about it, but only as long as you go along with the status quo and everything else. And I, and I mean, right. for myself and Ray, when we, you know, went into combat and we had to both kill so many mm-hmm. or watch our friends die. And like on my team, I mean, there's only two of us left alive. Wow. And, you know, we can't get the medical care. And today when I was trying to get my own medical care and talking to the chief nurse at Danville VA, she mm-hmm. didn't get it. She just wow. didn't get it. And, you know, there will be many who don't because they, they are unfamiliar with that walk and they're more concerned about the publishing rights. So I would say it goes back to uh, what Ray said. I mean, you have, you have different people reread them and reread them and reread them to find out what's actually the best one to release. I think that's why it's so great to have My Life, My Story here within the Derm VA where they're able to offer those services. Aretha, can you speak more towards that, how that process works? 
Okay, in that process, I think this is a phenomenal program because in that process, we stay true to the veteran. Um, the veteran, we record the veteran story. Um, we we translate the veteran story. We have it edited. We give it back to the veteran before it's ever printed anywhere. It's their story, and it has to be written um, in their words. We, 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 we That particular program, I, I believe, is going to make history in the VA because it is so true to the veteran. I mean, it comes out in their words. Um, and, but it's like Ray said, a lot of times we get fearful because we believe the politics of all writing has to be done. That's not where we are in this. This program that we're launching on July the 15th um, is about veterans' writing, the way we learn to heal. The veterans, my life, my story is exactly the same um, area because we're staying true to the veteran. We're allowing them to write it like they want it. Well, uh, I know when um, when I was writing my book, and, and this, I know everybody has a different perspective on this, but um, I'm a Christian, and being a Christian, um, I had to go back through my book a little bit and take a few things back out because I realized that if I use personal names and things like this, I could really destroy somebody um, because you're, you're talking about telling a story that you could possibly reach millions of people. Mm-hmm. And so... You have to be careful. I, I learned not to use names of people, uh, things like this in my book, unless I was very careful. I had to get permission from them and things. But I was very careful. I would either make up a name or alter the name or something. And I and I went back through it, and I realized there were certain people in my mind in combat that I could have really hurt them all these years later. But it was, was it worth it? Was it worth it? And so I, I did. I told the story. And there are certain parts of the story I didn't tell because it was so graphic that it, we would have looked like the bad guys. And so I was very careful in those things. And I think I, you know, that's part of that we pass on to other writers is, um, you know, part of my problem is my wounded conscience. Do I really want to destroy somebody all these years later? Uh, we got to be old now, you know, and it's like, um, so. so I'm not trying to, you know, to back out of anything or, or, you know, to be politically correct. I'm just saying be careful what you write because it's going to have a long-term consequences if you write the wrong stuff. So make sure you write. Uh, You know, we're trying to bring help to people. (laughs) Most of uh, all of our stories go through our public relations officer for editing. Um, But what she does is just um, just look at how we've printed it. Make sure the grammar is correct and things of that nature. But none of the words of the veteran is changed. And we do stay away from using names. Um, just even their names, um, what they do is they just share about what their military experience was like and what their care is basically like. And in this event that we're doing on July the 15th, we just really want to get the word out that that writing is the first step we believe one is therapeutic and it's the first step to that healing process and you can begin that with or without providers you can you can start your healing by yourself because it it starts within you what what all of this stuff is like we said it's like that little person that's embedded inside of you that really wants to come out but he doesn't know where to go. And the best place to put him is on paper. 
Right. Amen. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, what I did, the, v, the way the VA helped me, and I know this is your time to speak, but I want to bring out some things about you, is that they had me to write a story one time before I ever wrote anything, and I, they had me to write it. I didn't under, I didn't expect this, but I wrote a story about when we got wiped out. My platoon started out with 48 Marines and corpsmen. We came back with six of us still mm. able to fight. Um, and it was a bad situation. The whole company got hit that day, and we took a lot of casualties. But I wrote about that story, and I gave it to the therapist. Her name was Yolanda Sony, and she was that woman is a, a true therapist. She's helped me tremendously. And so I gave it to her, and she asked me to do it again. And I was like, what? And she said, with more detail. So I had to do that. And I finally said, okay. So I did it. And then she asked me the third time. She said, would you mind doing something for me? And I said, what's that? She said, write it again, and this time more stuff, more detail. And I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And then the fourth time, when I gave her the third copy, she said, I'm going to ask you one more question. I was like, what? She said, would you try it one more time? I, you know, unbeknown <laughs> to me, with each time, I mean, I didn't want to do it, but I, I knew something was, was working inside of me. And the fourth time, I let it all out. Now, I didn't use cuss words and all this mess because if it's graphic enough, you don't have to embellish it. Just write it the way it is, you know. And so I did that. And she, the fourth time when I gave it to her, she asked me, she said, how do you feel? I said, a lot better. And she said, that was the point of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, from that, I began to write my, my combat memoir. And I was able to understand that if you didn't bring out the graphic parts, there's so many people living in those dark corners. And people write great combat and great this and great that, but they never get into that dark corner that you're living in. Mm -hmm. And I realized that if I didn't expose light on those dark places, that people were not going to get the benefits that I was trying to reach them for. So my book became more of a therapeutic type of book than it did a, a gross combat stuff, you know, because I was trying to reach an audience. And, and I think you have to understand when you do get serious about writing something, you have to consider the audience you're trying to get to. I mean, I didn't put graphic language because I wanted the guy's wife and his mama and, and sisters and brothers and everybody to read the book so they could understand what the veteran goes through. And it's turned out very well. So um, that's what I try to promote to other veterans. Would you have anything to combat about all that I just said. <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize to you. No, not at all. I think that's great. We believe that once you combine, you know, your health care with your writing, that you are well on your way to true recovery. So like you said, your piece and connecting with the right individuals, like your therapist that pushed it out of you, you know, she primmed and prepped you. And I'm sure sometimes you were gritting your teeth and saying, who is this woman and what does she want? And I've already given her that. Yeah. But you followed the process. And I want to say that we have to remind veterans when they embark on this journey to remind themselves continuously that it is a process. No matter how afraid you get, no matter how the emotions start raging and you don't want to face this demon, for lack of better terms, it is a process. But the more that you write, you heal. And once you're able to meet that healthcare need in combination with the writing, you are truly on your way to recovery. Amen. And, and then you become we... a specialist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to you, Ray and Arisa. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> well, you know, um, 
not all of us will probably end up being a specialist as far as a therapist or, or um, you know, a, a psychiatrist, psychologist, things like that. But I don't care what we have. We have experiences. And through those experiences, we try to use them to bridge ourselves with other people that are hurting. And really, it's about peer it's about peers uh, helping one another. I don't know if the world's ever going to fix us, but we will help each other. Absolutely. Doug and I are good friends, and Doug and I talk about things all the time that he doesn't talk to most people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. veterans have a value to them that they don't even understand. And um, so I would, I would tell people in this audience, if you know of a veteran, they, they need to check into this program, at least find out the mechanics of it, and maybe they can promote it through wherever they are because this, this, this program will reach millions of people uh, across, well, around the world, really. But, um, and that's thanks to um, Dr. Gary Knoll, that, that is the uh, owner of this network. Uh, he's done tremendous work for the veterans. But, I mean, we, we're here to help people. We've lived to ourselves long enough. Now it's come time to come out of the closet and, and begin to reach out to other veterans with hope and help that we found. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's the purpose in all of us here. Absolutely. It seems Absolutely. that Durham, North Carolina, and that whole area, I mean, you've got so many military installations out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, major installations with so many veterans in the area. To have a program like this is wonderful. How do we expand it out to the rural America? How do we get these other VAs to acknowledge or recognize how valuable some program like this is? Well, you know, I think it goes back, Doug, to that old saying of you build it and they will come. So this is our opportunity to set the precedence, to build the pilot, to show folks the results, to provide them testimonials, to then they will be able to get on board and say, hey, this wasn't just those four people on the phone. This thing really works. And now they yeah. say, we would like to be a part. How do we support financially? How do we support with our donations, with our hands to the plow, with our boots on ground? So we set the precedents, and we, we tell our testimonies, and we let them come. Western Illinois University is in their third year of a program, and I've been fortunate to participate where they've asked the uh, – alumni, all veterans of all ages, going back basically Korea and World War II on to the current time where they have just literally came back out of the field. And it's called SIDREP, Veterans Voices on Justice and Peace. And it's a group where there, you know, poetry is invited, fiction and nonfiction stories. And it's just so incredible. And I was, uh, it was back in, I guess, in the beginning of May, I was able to go to the 2017 reception and as these veterans got up there to read their story live for the audience in this you know, giant, beautiful art studio, art museum at Western Illinois University, mm-hmm. you could feel the electricity because these individuals were connecting, and there were veterans connecting with other veterans, and there were veterans connecting with the general public, and the general public was connecting with the veterans. And there was a warmth that went through the room that's indescribable. And, Ray, um, that's the feeling we want to be able to take. We want our folks, anyone that comes, whether it's a female veteran, a male veteran, the family members that are coming for general support, we want them to leave with that energy, with that electricity that you felt in that room. We want to create that environment here on July the 15th. Let me ask you another question. Um, Do you foresee anything in the future 
of having something like this maybe for uh, veteran wives or the children of veterans because they have their own stories. And I think their stories would be beneficial to other wives and family members or husbands, whatever the case is, spouses. Um, but it, it could, it's the entire family. You know, when I spoke recently, and I met Aretha, and that was an honor, but I was speaking to the North Carolina VA uh, in Greenville, North Carolina, and I told them, look, the enemy's on the outside. The only ones we got is us, the VA and the, um, uh, the veterans, you know, active duty and such. And so we need to work together with this thing. And, um, you know, but our families have been beaten up. And I remember World War II saying said that um, they also serve who stand and wait. And that's a whole different thing. It was different. It was harder on me when my child went into the military with my son, oldest son, in the Navy and prospects of going overseas during, you know, all these crises. And I had to, it's much easier to go than it is to stay. I found that out. And so um, it may be something you can work on because the families seem to be the ones who get left out on this deal. Um, and divorce rate is very high in the military. It has always been that way um, because you're having people traveling overseas and doing this. It's much harder to stay home and raise those kids and keep a family going and keep the house payments up and everything doing. And there's a lot of wives who need a lot of recognition and their children, too. So I think it would be um, even something beneficial to the, to the uh, veteran to maybe do something with their wives at some time. I wholeheartedly um, agree. I will say with us at Dress for Success with our veterans piece, we do service the female veterans and the female spouses of veterans. And so Tracy Crow is actually a part of our Veterans Advisory Council, and she has spoke about doing the continuation of, of um, writing workshops in the near future. And so I believe that will give them the opportunity to start that healing process as the spouse who did stay home but yet served while her husband was away in combat. And Aretha has some other insight as well. Um, yes, that's one of the biggest reasons why we partnered with Dress for Success is the goal of us is to get our veterans back into the community living productive lives and remembering, you know, not forgetting their military careers, but on the other side of that, we're hoping that this program is going to bring out the fact that sometimes we just got to let it all go. If we letting all the writing go just for us on paper, um, which which gives our families opportunities to see what we really went through. Yeah, um, I was just thinking when you were saying that too, um, Diana was, well, both of you actually. Um, I thought about my wife writing a story about me, and I would be thinking, please don't use my name, because <laughs> I know I've been a jerk. You know, <laughs> I understand that. I really hate Father's Day because I never felt like I was up to par. Uh, that my kids say I was, but you know, I just I have this uh, thing where, I, you know, you're still trying to to build a self image or something. But I thought that's where you don't use names because don't tell the world what a jerk I am. And um, <laughs> so, you know, that that is self preservation, I suppose. But there's so much we can learn from writing because we really it's like art uh, when you're painting a picture. You have to paint it where everybody can understand what you're doing, but, you know, sometimes it comes out. We've had Tim Boone, one of your, um, one of your, I guess, peer, but he's, he's another veteran that's been through writing to wellness, and Tim tells me all the time, I, I know him personally, I live across the breezeway from him, 
And uh, he tells me, he said, I came out of darkness. He said, I love the light, and I don't want to go back into the darkness. And it came through writing and through a spiritual transformation in his life through Jesus Christ. But regardless, uh, he does not want to go back into that darkness. And so he he told me, uh, because he used to write very dark poetry, and I could Mm -hmm. understand it completely. It was beautiful. But he said, I can't even write about darkness anymore because I I don't have the darkness to, to write in. And that's a pretty amazing testimony of a program that is working tremendously in lives. And um, I think yours is just a, another break of that, and I think it's going to be powerful. And I would encourage veterans in North Carolina to please go to the Durham VA, find out about this program. Have you got any uh, websites or emails or anything that you could, phone numbers, anything you could give us at the VA to contact someone? Yes, absolutely. I will openly share my email address. We are actually in the process of working on a flyer now and a registration link that we will be able to share. But anyone that's interested in knowing more information can definitely email me. Again, it's Diana Graham, but the email address is veterans, plural with an S, at DFS, dress for success, triangle.org. Okay. All right. Um, we need to give that again, please. Yeah, not a problem. It's veterans. Get the same information if they need to. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Diana D I A N A Graham G R A H A M, and the email address is veterans plural V E T E R A N S at D F S Triangle dot org. Very good. And we will gladly get that information out to you, hopefully by the end of the week. So if you do not hear from us by Friday, just hold tight. We'll have it out to you. The veterans' perspective, I mean, so we've got both of you guys are female veterans, both had experience. I mean, (laughs) males for us, it's one thing. Mm -hmm. But the female now has been totally integrated into combat since Vietnam and afterwards for sure. Mm hmm. You can be in the same location. I know in the medical arena where I was with the females and we were working together one-on-one, I mean, everything in the worst of the worst. But the, just my sensing is your perspective and how you sense things and what you do, even at the same place that we are at the same time, is completely different, isn't it? That is very, very accurate, and I think that gives a great segue into the title of Tracy's new book that we will be doing the launching and the book signing for at this event, and it's called My Country, It's My Country Too, Women's Military Stories from the American Revolution to Afghanistan, because even though we're serving shoulder to shoulder in all of these experiences, we are taking away a different perspective by being females versus the male's perspective. Right. I think it's amazing, and um, it's it's like it's uh, bringing people together mm-hmm. that have been isolated for so long, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's giving them an avenue to tell a story or many stories. Absolutely. And I know if you if you love poetry, you can compile poetry and create a little book if you wanted to. It doesn't have to be six hundred pages; it could mm-hmm. be a hundred or fifty pages. But it, the idea is getting your story out there, so everyone who reads it began to understand the military in a different light. Matter of fact, when I speak on my book today, uh, in the last months, I tell them it is a combat memoir, but I also tell them it's a, it's a love story. And when I say that, I, I said it in the VA in Greenville, I said, 
the ladies sigh and the guys throw up in their mouths. I was like, I'm not going to read that book. And I said, it is a love story because it's about young men and women giving their lives for their friends. And uh, even Jesus said, no greater love than this, that a man would give his life for his friends. And it is a love story. And I don't think the, under, the, the you know civilian world possibly doesn't know the depth of love that the individual in the military has. And that love doesn't come out until a bad, really bad situation of where we put our life on the line for someone that we may not even know, really, but he's my brother or she's my sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, bring, I think it would bring, that would bring that in poetry into a beautiful world that civilians can understand. They get a whole brand-new educational military life when I talk about it, and I'm sure everybody who does this kind of thing but through my book, it opened up a lot of avenues that I would have never had otherwise, because now I go to Camp Lejeune, I go into uh, veteran groups inside of uh, maximum security prisons. Uh, every month I, I go to uh, incar- places of incarceration, I go into mm. hospitals, I go everywhere. And I speak about, you know, what veterans are and who we are and, and some of my experiences, and then there's two programs that I was able to develop from the book, and one is called Life After Trauma, uh, A Pathway to Purpose. And that is getting the veteran back up off of his knees or however he is in life. I mean, he's been wounded, and he's hurt, and he doesn't want to fight anymore. Trying to get him up, trying to get him moving forward again, trying to get him to be proactive and all these things. This is second program is called Moral Injury, and that program is has been truly beneficial to veterans. So, you know, you never know how you're going to be used in this thing, how God could use you or how the doors could open for you to begin to help the healing of a lot of veterans just through your own personal writings. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's a wonderful thing. Well, Ray, I heard you say something about poetry, and I would like to just put out there, we are going to be showcasing some of our own veterans' poetry on July the 15th as well. Uh, so I do think that that is very, very important. Yeah, I don't think we, uh, a lot of veterans understand the value that they have. Um, and that's what the program is about today, and I think that's what your program is, is trying to tap into the to the man that says, you know, I, I'm wounded and I don't want to fight anymore and I don't want to get hurt anymore. And so he lays there, well, you're not helping anybody. And so... Um, there's a story I tell about the Civil War, and it was about a boy that um, he began to plug, he, he was a bugler, and, and the story's about never giving up, and in the middle of a uh, retreat, because they were being beaten up so bad, he began to play charge over and over, the only song he knew, he'd only been with the Army for a month, and through that, uh, the, the, the um, soldiers that were really being defeated were able to turn around the ones on the ground got up and began to fight again. The ones hiding out in the woods began to go back to the battle and fight because he was blowing charge in the middle of a retreat. It's easy to run, but, I, I, you know, we, <laughs> we don't win wars by running, and we're in a war right now. We're in a, uh, these veterans are in a war that's going to cost you your life if you don't get up and start doing something. Absolutely. Because you can't wait and lay there for help. you got to get up and fight. And uh, I wish I had time to do that, but anyway... Um, I commend both of you and the program that you're doing and, and Sharice and all these others that are reaching out to these veterans and where they, where they are and where they're hurting at. And I know their families do. But thank you. 
You're most welcome. I think it's great. I think it's a great opportunity for um, Dress for Success Triangle NC and the Durham VA Medical Center to be able to partner to offer this to the community at large. What when you have, have you done anything like this before? I mean, is this a second go around or third go around or what's been happening? No, this is actually our first partnership. I just kind of shared what we were doing with um, Dress for Success and. You know, we had great people over here that said, hey, let's, let's make it happen together. Let's pull together our resources and provide this service as an event for the community. And so even though our roles are very different, um, we're open to definitely serve our veterans. Well, thank you very uh, much. You this is so crucial. Today, the problem we keep running into trying to get the medical care that we can't, we got the choice program that is so broken they don't know which way is up or down. And the veterans out there are sick. I mean, we had a Vietnam veteran came up the other day. I mean, he's older than Ray and I substantially. I think he said he enlisted around 1958 or 59, mm-hmm. and he still can't get medical care. Mm. And the denial was in there. Well, Tricol, that thing didn't have any effect on it. Well, we now know that Camp Lejeune was a nightmare and every other place was. And Agent Orange was not limited to just, you know, the part of North Vietnam where Ray tread. But it was all over, and the veteran gets flustered when he doesn't see any hope or can't seek the medical care or he can't get the information out. Mm-hmm. And then the powers that be, for whatever reason, they don't want it discussed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so this has got to be an avenue, the only avenue that's out there. Get it out there, get it known, get it seen, get it heard. So I think that would be a great, you know, I think that, those, there are so many situations that happen that uh, the masses are just not aware of and because um, we just don't know them, right? So I think that this event is a great opportunity because we will have VA people, VA staff who are here, and that may be the opportunity to have that one-on-one conversation of what those issues are and what you've been trying to get resolved and receive a, a direct path of how to be entered into the healthcare system and to receive you know, what you have fought for, what is due to you by serving this great country. You know, it's you a, know, it's uh, a Diana, holistic I know holistic both of you are approach. VA, and the people we're talking to today, maybe there'll be a lot of VA people listening, and uh, I'm probably going to co- maybe blow my cover up, <laughs> but I tell veterans all the time, I said, the way I get such great help from the VA, and I really do, they're, they help me tremendously when I don't even ask for it sometimes, is I try to be as nice as I can to them. When I go into to, uh, for an appointment or something, I, ask, I try to be on my up and up. I try to thank them for everything. I try to be nice to them. I ask them how their day is going. And I, if I have something to tell them from Scripture or from anything else, I'll try to encourage them, tell them I'm praying for them. And I'm telling you, they go out of their way to help me um, just by being nice. And I tell these veterans, if you go in there to get help, and I know it's frustrating, I know you nobody likes to wait and all these other things, but you got to understand, you're dealing with people. And if you go in there cussing and raising cane and criticizing and cutting mm-hmm. them down, they're going to put you on the back burner because they don't want to talk to you. So, uh, you know, the, I think the better we get along with each other as far as the VA and veterans, the more the better care we're going to get sometimes. Well, absolutely, and, Ray, and to, to, to lean on what you just said, you self-advocated for yourself. You spoke up. You were the one that broke that conversation because, like you said, they're people. 
everyone has high days, low days, in between days, but you're able to speak up and have that break that shell to have a conversation and then say, hey, this is what I'm facing, this is what I need help with, or how do we pull together? How do we find another Aretha that may be local to the person's need within their zip code or within their jurisdiction? Creating that ability to speak up for yourself. Well, we're out of time, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. You two more angels that have just joined Warrior Connection. Thank you. Good luck with your program. Please keep us informed, and let's have you back on again, please. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks. God bless everybody, and God bless America. 